will be outdated, outdated, colossally antiquated and meant for the museums. I've heard people who said this also, or who had this kind of ideology in discussions. They've said in a couple of months we're going to outgrow the Bible. They've said in a couple of years, generations after us will become too much, too scientific, too well principled in integrity of human philosophy. The Bible will be useless. Voltaire said, in a hundred years, the Bible will be a no feature, will be a an inkolili, a no book, a nonsense, idle book, fancy left to gather in some precious libraries of the earth. Some years later, he died. The Geneva Bible Society bought his house and began to use the house to print large copies of the Bibles in the chunks of millions. The man was dead. The Bible continued. The story said of a man by the name of Areono Kakanfo of the Yoruba land. Moshud Biola Kasimawo. It was said that because of his wealth, stupendous wealth, when money was money, when it was called the pillar of Africa, the pillar of sports in Africa, had a special wardrobe of expensive baths in every national capital in Africa and part of the world. That he delegated and legislated and paid for the sinking of several millions of Bible copies leading on a ship towards Africa. The Bibles sank. The ship sank. The sailors and direct engineers died. Today, Kashima War is mere history. Some of you have no knowledge of what I just said. Some of you can't even reconcile, can't even reckon any meaningful thing to what I just said. Yet, copies of the Bible have abounded. There's something about this book, ladies and gentlemen. It's the most vilified, the most destroyed, yet the most treasured. The most hated, yet the most loved. The most despised, yet the most famous. The most looked down upon, yet the most widely read. It has the largest print in copies of books printed upon the face of the earth. It looks like this book will remain with us for a very long time to come. Such that our lives and existence, our breath or death becomes inconsequential to its perpetration. Welcome to the truth of the Bible. Perhaps with this kind of historical, theoretical, principle background, you will know we are not here for mundane things. We are not jokers. And I've told you in this church, you must understand there's a difference in this place. We're not just here to just uh, do some grumble, cook some gibberish. We're here for truth that is lifelong worth it. And I've said to you, we are under responsibility to get the exact meaning, the original.
other recipients of portions of this Bible got when they first received it. We're supposed to attempt to the clo closest and minutest detail to the closest proximity get a perfect picture of a meaning that we should get all of the time when we read it. I don't know what to call you. When you come and say it's white. This piece of cloth is white. And black. And red. And then I'm finding out what exactly is the situation. Why are you this complicated, confused about and mongrel and moribund about your choice of colors or what you are talking about colors. And you say, well, it's my mood. It's actually based on my thinking. It's based on my dreams. There are many dreamers, many profit liars, many mountain climbers, many wilderness dwellers, many human beings who live on trees, who come from all these shady, microscopic, demonic palaces or places or covens and come to tell us the Bible is saying what is not saying. I've said to myself once, how exactly can we closest to the meaning? How exactly can we come closest to what the author had in mind? How, how can we come closest to what is being penned? How can we come proximal without any distal convolution vision to the meaning just like any book reading reading how I made known unto you are for the revelation of the mystery of Christ whereby when ye read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ Ephesians 3 3 4 reading how do I know and know and know and know read how do I have how do I have both sinking net breaking house crumbling revelation in the Bible read unless we all see reading as a basic premise and the fundamental platform of understanding we're all going to keep getting confused like the body of Christ today is confused and I don't know I don't know where you got it from that we all have a right to say whatever we like I don't know where you got it from I don't know who gave you the idea that for being the Bible it must be confusing there's a king on every hill and every man does what it pleases in his own sight. And you are not feeling concerned for this weakness, this distressful, this depressing state. Where as a church, we have different, varying, confusing interpretations. Sometimes in the same church, the pastor 
preaches a verse one way this week, the other way next week, and we gloat shamefully, we gloat ingloriously in this kiddish, illiterate attitude of not being able to be consistent with meaning. It is a terrible situation. We just, we just, I don't know whether you have intelligent kids. In case you have no kids, I'm not sure if you have siblings. If you've been born all by yourself to this world without anybody, I don't know if you have friends. If you are a fiend and you don't have friends, I don't know whether you have associates. If you are isolated, I don't know whether you live in a house. If you live on the rookeries of, 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 of lions, I don't know whether you have any village. There is no sense in coming up with a different interpretation of whatsoever each time. For instance, somebody says to you, please, you have an idea of the dictionary meaning of the word mundane. Mundane. M-U-N-D-A-N. Then you say, mundane, mundane means shakabula, dingon. Sounds the same way. Mundane and dingon, shakabula. Then you come back again and say, actually, I think that the word mundane has many meanings. It also means meaningless. Then I, I think the usage of mundane is, it, it describes the earth's crust. And you come and say, actually, I think mundane means malaria fever. This is the kind of situation we are in the body of Christ. Imagine the description. Ephesians 4 14. That ye henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Most of you are like this. Tossed to. You do not have spiritual stability. You don't even know what you believe. You are only left with my pastor said. Our pastor said the bishop, the archbishop, the prophet said, What are you saying? He said, eh, I'm just an ordinary church member. Are you a believer? Then please read your Bible so you can say what God is saying. of this uh, uh, actually I read this book uh, actually uh, you see uh, uh, Revo said what are you saying from the word first Peter chapter number 3 and verse 15 what are you saying first Peter 3 <clears throat> 15 but 
sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always <laughs> to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear or what the Bible calls godly reverence. Be ready always. Formidable. Be ready always. Give an answer of the reason you have the confidence you have in Christ. But if you are tossed to and fro, you don't even know what you believe. Ah, eh, eh, our pastor said, ah, actually, eh, I read this book. Eh, you see, I watched this movie. Eh, eh. You are God. You are finished. Be ready. You. Titus. Get a Bible. You need a Bible in church. This church is strictly Bible believing. Strictly Bible believing. If you don't read your Bibles or you cannot read. This church is not good for you. I will not lie to you. Your offering is nothing. If you cannot read your Bible or you don't believe in the Bible, this church is not good for you. This church is only good for those who can read. And when I say it's in the Bible, you have to check if it is so, believe it. Stop just living your life wantonly anyhow. It's a Bible believing church. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, say, the man just said it is a Bible-believing church. Tell your neighbor for me. Titus chapter number 1 and verse 9. Holding fast. Describing a leader which goes for believers. Commandments for leaders, bishops, which are pastors, overseers, goes for the believer i could begin to preach that and i will take my time holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught you must hold what you've been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine or teaching both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers Holding fast. <laughs> Galatians 5 and verse 1. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ had made you free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. First Corinthians 16 13. Quitting like men be strong. First Corinthians 14 and verse 20. He says in understanding be men. In malice be children. It is God's will that you and I are breasts of truth of the word that we know we no more be children tossed to and fro. What does he say? Colossians 3:16. And let the word of Christ dwell richly. The word of Christ dwell richly. 
one version says super abundantly which means gregarious copious industrial amount industrial amount let the word of Christ dwell in you richly this describes point of influence you could see somebody and say he's rich because his clothing his fabrics his baths speaks money somebody may walk to this church with a particular designer watch wristwatch garment specially tailored garment with the logo of an internationally acclaimed winning designer you know several years ago at the advent of Tom Hilfiger's popularity boys who wear Tom Hilfiger's boxers and show the very cheap so you can see the label Tom Hilfiger not all the fake we wear today when it was real Tom Hilfiger you will see that this is the label so you will say this boy is rich people stink money expensive vehicles exotic automobiles looks somebody has a Samsung Z flip and comes to church and flips his Samsung and you know he bought it for one million naira, for example and comes next week with another one different color another one million when baby Benz was baby Benz I know a man that had 19 he had 19 pieces of baby bands and he will put on a particular garment with a particular color that will match the type of vehicle we use for the day 19 we say he's rich if the word of Christ dwells in you richly it will be obvious once people cannot say you are a word man because God's word is coming out of every orifice of your body. You are not doing what I'm saying this morning. Let the word of Christ dwell copiously in you. What if we are stripped of our Bibles? What if you find yourself northeast, Chibok, Moibi, Yobe? You find yourself in some parts of Banu State where you don't have Bibles to use. Well, how would you manage? Would you be like some Chinese prisoners? Some Malaysian prisoners? Who will learn chunks of the Bible and eat the paper up immediately so they will not be punished? Colossians 3 and 16 is where I'm trying to do some exegesis. I've been there for like three minutes now. Don't have it twisted or mixed up. Colossians 3 and verse 16. Turn your Bibles open at this point. Right now. 
Colossians 3 and verse 16. I'm still trying to lay something fundamental to your understanding. Hey! Let understanding of Bible interpretation let the word have you noticed it's not words have you noticed have you noticed doesn't say let the words so it's not as if it's just look at your bible and learn some verses from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and say words printed in red it is let the word the look us the message some Bible versions put it, let the message, the totality of what Christ stands for, the Christocentric persuasion and truth of the Bible, let it influence you. Richly. Can I announce to you, ladies and gentlemen, you may not find it very easy, but the truth of the matter is this. You are not making progress as a believer until God's word dwells in you richly. When a man is rich, it becomes obvious. When a man is drunk, it becomes obvious. When a man is an evil man, it becomes obvious. When somebody has bad attitudes, he smokes like a puff of a red dragon. If God's word were to dwell in you richly, it will be obvious. If it is not obvious, it's not there. Funnily enough, there are things that dwell in us richly. Before long, people call you names. In a short while, your friends label you. In a short while, your classmates judge you by your character and use that as an identifying appellation or signature. In a short while, you leave a memory. They call you talkative. They call you Maradona. You are slice, twisty, deceitful. They call you cutie. They call you sexy. They call you romantic. And before you know it, the thing sticks. Because it's just whom you are. How come they are not calling you Bible? Mobile Bible. Word dictionary. Why are they not calling you Jew? Mama Jew. Pastor. Ah, Pastor Mew. Prophet. Why do your friends slap your chin and touch your bum and touch your chest and hit you and make a mockery of your body and abuse you anyhow? It's because of the kind of life you have shown that you are living an ungodly life. If you were somebody who had got what feeling you, when they see you, they will say, ah, Please, can you explain so and so part of the Bible? You say, hallelujah. I'm already here. You turn the atmosphere of the church each time you get there. You turn the place upside down. You do something stupid. God's word fills you through and through. This 
is the pathway. If you are not still in this stream of having God will fill your heart, you are wasting your time. Wasting your time. Look at the aim at Ephesians 4. This is the exact aim. I am not here telling you this morning what I adjudge as right for this church. I'm not telling you what I think you should do because I want you to follow my footsteps. I'm telling you what the Bible expects you to do. So it's your choice to do it or not. Ephesians 4 verse 13. It says, Till, till the pastors, have you noticed it? See, I'm not a pastor. I'm just an ordinary. I'm not. I'm not a pastor. Pastor. I will never be a pastor. God forbid. Alone, I'm not a pastor. Oh, please. Anything I do, accept it like that. I'm not a pastor. You are excusing licentiousness. Holiness is not a pedigree of pastors. It's a lifestyle the believer ought to live. If you are born again, you ought to show the character of it. It has nothing to do with whether you are a pastor or not. You are first a believer. And you should show Christ. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. And glorify your father that is in heaven. Matthew 5 from verse 16. Let your light so shine. Has nothing to do with the appellation or labor pastor. Every believer. First John 2 and verse 6. He that saith he abided in him. Himself ought to walk even as he walked. Romans 8 and verse 9. You are in spirit and not in the flesh. Galatians 5 and verse 25. If we live in the spirit, let us also work in the spirit. So please take that thing off your mind. I'm not a pastor. I, I, no! For being a believer, it's expected of you to live the Christ life. Hallelujah. What is the will of God? Where are we going? What is the expectation? What is our point of reference? What is the master point? Where are we meant to gather? Where are we aggregating to? What are we trying to get? What is the point? What exactly is he saying? He's been shouting for 30 minutes. What is he saying? Look at what he's saying now. Ephesians 4 verse 13. Till. Till. The. Bear me, bear me. I want bear me, bear me. Uh, the people that the Lord put in a trance. <laughs> The word garment churches are foul. Foul. In the words of Zebudiah. Foul. This is not about a special people. It's about all of us. Have you seen your Bible? Chill. We all. Every person here. Every believer in the body of Christ. Should have this aim. Mindset. 
instituted labor conditioning of the body and impute of spiritual details every person you are a jeopardy disaster to the body of Christ the way you are living your life if you are a member of the body of Christ the way you are doing you are a jeopardy to our progress because no matter how strong a rope is it will break at its weakest point. And listen good. The overall talk of strength of any rope is determined by the strength of its weakest point. Because for being a believer and a vital, integral member of the body of Christ and you are this lazy and insensitive to the things of God, you are a disaster to us. You are the reason why we are rigmaroling. You are the reason why we are neither here nor there. You are a weak part of our body. Jesus is the head. We are demobilized by you. Oh, you are too lazy spiritually. And God expects you to be a part of the body. And you are. You are of the body, but you are you are not you don't you, you are just there. Don't do closely comatose, dead, sexile, sedentary, immovable, stiff, in a quagma of confusion, draggy like a pregnant python, afflicted with spiritual elephantiasis. You are too heavy to make advancement on the same spot always. You are a disaster to the body of Christ. Unless you change your state and come out of your spiritual lukewarmness or laxity. You don't seem to understand what I'm saying. Every person here for the comprehensive education of the body must awake. Must awake. Look at Ephesians chapter number Four describes what I'm saying in a nutshell. Till we all come, I mean, verse 13, in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Till we all come, Lord, what am I doing? I'm responsible to this body. But I'm not doing anything serious. You are the weak, ailing, diseased, afflicted, sullen part of the body. Imagine you as the body of Christ and you are so ineffective. Learn this, learn this one. Ephesians 4 and verse 16. From whom the whole body joined together fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the fertile working in the mesh of every part ah, are you effective As body of christ are you effective i'm asking you let it let it ring in your mind as a member of the body of christ i am asking you are you effective? Can you be trusted? 
Romans 12 and verse 5. So we be many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. Romans 12 5. So we be many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. Romans 12 5. So we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. First Corinthians chapter are you still in church? First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. First Corinthians 12 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. You are a disaster to us if you are not effective. You don't need to study mechanical engineering or levers and machine automation in physics to know that the moment a component is ill anywhere it becomes an overall problem. The moment something is missing or malfunctioning the brain box of some vehicles just jumping batteries what do I mean jumping batteries your battery is bad you pull it out and you put somebody's borrowed battery you start your car and you attempt to replace with your bad battery so you can charge it while car is on you could damage your brain box that little thing You could damage your entire gear. When you don't allow your automatic car stop before you change from gear to park, from park to move. Just something small. And yet, you are a vital part of the body of Christ and you are not serious. So you are a disservice to us. is a learn. So, for a while, I've been teaching Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John with Christ's miraculous stories. I don't have issues believing Christ's miracles because I just accept it the same way I've accepted salvation with the sense of logic in it. Flavors Josephus, the popular world-renowned 
historian a Jewish historian credits Jesus as the most miraculous person who ever lived in the history of mankind outside of Bible institution. Several books in the annals and journals of Middle East today acclaims Jesus the most miraculous human being who ever lived. This has nothing to do with whether they are Christ's friends or his enemies. I believe the story just like I have believed salvation. Simply put, I'm not stupid or foolish. I've only received it as logical in its own philosophy. I don't read Jesus' miracles and attempt to quickly understand the anatomy or how it's. I just take it the way it is. Strange and foreign to my thinking and my mentality, but real as a Bible story. I'm so used to them. Some of them I have it on my fingertips. John chapter 9. I'm reading the Bible as a believer. Some fundamental things you must not forget in this church, for example, I've said, I've said, I've said the Bible is not relevant to you as Esther. The Bible is not relevant to you as a Nigerian. The Bible is not relevant to you as Kemi or Uyedele and Jolagbala. The Bible is only relevant to you as a believer or a new creature. So when you read your Bible or you have the Bible preached, it's happening in church this morning, church, or you have God's word preached over whatever media, you should receive it in your status and position, not as male nor female but as a new creature. Unless it is directly relevant to you as a new creature, only learn from it. Don't live by it. Learning from it and not living by it may really be very confusing. I simply mean it's not a covenant binding on your life. It's something you see and appreciate for the contents depending on whatever covenant operated it or whatever covenant governed the operation. If you are not in church on Friday and Wednesday, you miss a great deal. You may, you may pick the, 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 the CD. Brother, pick something. Pick the CD. Because I've, I've actually started off summary John 9 I'm trying to interpret John 9 as a believer 
And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And I said, something very common to the miracles of Jesus is the fact that he was always passing by. Something very common to the miracles of Jesus is his temporary visitation. His once in a while visitation. There was a man at Acts 3 whom we learn at Acts 4 was over 40 years old who was lame from his mother's womb who was kept at the gate called beautiful you read Acts 4 from verse 20 to 22 you discover he was over 40 years old at Acts 3 he was healed by Peter, James and John who pulled him up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the man received strength in his knees and he sprang and worshipped the Lord this man possibly saw Jesus all the while he passed through but he didn't get healed there was a pool by the name of Bethesda or Siloam with five porches or one described as the house of mercy at John 5 where he laid all manner of people with all manner of ailments only one man that had kept his bed of paralysis for 38 years got healed this is the whole idea of passing when Jesus passes he can only do much for the while he passes Jesus is passing and the very funny thing the very illiterate thing we are doing is that up till now we are still looking at Christ as passing up till now up till now we come to church to meet him Jesus is here we travel to go and meet him southeast people go abroad to go and meet Christ but our God whom we serve does not dwell in temples made with hands if your God dwells in a location you have to travel to go and meet he's not God who made the heavens and the earth he's a microchip God he's a coronavirus if your God dwells in a place you have to uh, 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 Jesus Jesus why honor does thou art called do not Jesus I thought he lives in you by his Holy Spirit I thought Jesus dwells in you are you born again so what are you doing when you are saying ah, uh, Jesus uh, please people come to church what are you doing Corinthians 1 and verse 9 God is faithful by whom we have been called into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ wait I, I, 
I'm sorry, oh, in this church, there's a problem I, I have. Oh, uh, my mother sent me to school a long ball, and it's working in my life. When I read something, I believe it the way it is. I passed English language. I know many of you did not. I'm sure. So that's the problem we're going to have here. When I can read it, it is the way it is. Look at your Bible. First Corinthians 1 and verse 9. God is faithful by whom we have been called into the fellowship of his son. What does this mean? We have been called into koinonia. Affiliation. Familyhood. Of his son Jesus Christ. First John 1 and verse 3. Truly, our fellowship is with God the Father and with his son Jesus Christ. Philippians 2 and verse 2. If there be any fellowship of the Spirit. Second Corinthians 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit with you. With you. So why do you always think Jesus is passing? Jesus lives in me and I live in him. This is what the Bible teaches us. Please believe it. Please stop calling God a liar by calling him to come every Sunday. Jesus lives within his children. We don't invite him. We don't pray him to come down. He lives in us. Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in you. If you belong to him, I can't speak for you. First John 3. I'm trying to interpret John chapter 9. And right at the first verse. I'm not saying Jesus is passing. Jesus Koresile Mohe. Jesus Koresile Mohe. Jesus, what are you doing? Are you born again? Huh? Are you born again? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It's Ephesians 1 3. 2 Peter 1 and verse 3. According as his divine power hath given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. <laughs> Through him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious assurance of confirmation. <laughs> Do you read your Bibles at all? Colossians 2 and verse 10. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power first Timothy 6 17 charge them that are rich in this life not to be high minded not trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us all things richly to enjoy and yet with all these verses you come to church do you read your Bibles at all sure that something is not wrong somewhere 
are you in church or you are you are at Igbo uh, Tele or Sebutu or Bunoroko? Are you sure you are a believer? He has blessed us already. Mahi anything. Only agree he has blessed you. That's all. Stop, Mahemo. Stop it. That one is, is rebellion, is blasphemous, wrong, is satanic. If he says he has blessed you, he has. Believe it. Mahemo, come on, stop it. It's wrong. It's very satanic. Take it. What are you doing with your hand? What I have is more than what you are doing. I'm blessed though. What are you doing? Who do you take me for? What do you take me for? Eh? I'm blessed of God Almighty. I have His nature on the side of me. You are saying receive it. What are you receiving? What are you receiving? Your hand. Let me see your hand first. That your empty hand. I bet carry your hand away. Are you proud? No, I'm not proud. Though. I'm only saying God already blessed me. That's not pride. If you despise, you are despising God. Are you sure you are still in church? First John 3 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwell in him, and he in him. Uh-uh. He that keepeth his commandments dwell in him. And he in him. Aha. And hereby we know that he abided in us by the spirit which he has given us. Are oh, you say, Pastor? The problem is that I don't keep his commandments. Oh, okay. Let's see what he calls commandments here. Because he has a reference. It is called context. Verses before and after. Contextual reading. Please don't read outside the context. Verse 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment are you born again you say ah I'm born again but I don't love your story is for another day 1st John 4 13 1st John 4 13 hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit hey. God dwells in us the father and the son they've come to make their abode in us so why do we always have the mind of Jesus is passing Jesus is passing. Connect to him with your tithe and offering. Connect to him with your money. Where is he passing to? He lives in me. I in him. He. And 
and his father they have come to make their abode in me he and his father to make their abode in me so why will you always have that mind is passing at Matthew at John Mark and Luke he was passing today as a believer he is no longer passing he dwells within us. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is not passing. He dwells in us. Ephesians, quickly. Time is up. I've got to go. Ephesians, chapter number 2. Jesus is not passing here. He dwells within us. Ephesians 2, 12 that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in this world but now in Christ Jesus you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ you were in nobody before but now you are in Christ Jesus verse 19 now therefore now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God Philippians 3.20 conversation is in heaven Galatians 6.10 household of faith so let's never talk about Christ passing John 14.23 Jesus answered and said unto him if any man love me he will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our board with him Jesus abides in us with his father John 14 23 Jesus answered and said unto him if a man love me he will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our bond with him what exactly was Christ saying? What exactly was Christ saying? John 6 29 Jesus answered and said unto them This is the work of God that he believe on him whom he has sent. How do we work the work of works of God? Believe on Christ. When you believe on Christ he comes to live inside you. So when you read Bible story always imagine Christ is passing Christ is passing Christ is passing we don't come to meet him in church we are church we 
are the body of Christ. The reason why this building is called church is because we are here. Once we leave, we carry church out of this place. We are the church of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are. So let nobody deceive you with this thing. He's passing. He wants to touch you. He wants to visit you. He lives with me. How can he want to visit me? He lives in my house. We live together. What, you, do you know me? Do you know you are talking to? You are talking about a permanent tabernacle of Jesus Christ himself. Oh, motor me now. I don't believe me. I don't. I don't soon me. I don't. I don't move. This morning I spoke with him on my way. I spoke with him in this church. I spoke with him right now. I'm thinking of him. I'm even seeing him right now in his glory and power. You now come and say he's passing this way. Are you sleeping? He's not passing this way. He's here. The Lord is in this place. Anywhere I am, Jesus is there. Why? Because I'm his child and he dwells in me. If you are a believer, anywhere you are, Christ is there. Stop the mind he's passing this way. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right, let me close. Interpreting John chapter 9 is the title of the message. Something I raised on Friday. They said at verse 2. Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned, nor his parents. His parents. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And without hesitation, the disciples concluded this man is sick because he's a sinner. Without even thinking twice. Just like today, several times, when we have issues as church people pastors and church leaders conclude it's because we are sinners that thing is very common vindictive judgmental attitude of condemnation is common amongst pastors that I'm praying and I've not got an answer. Doesn't mean I'm a sinner. Because there are people who don't sin and they pray and don't get answers. Are they are now? Okay. Well, let me ask you this simple question Are there things you ask God for you didn't get? If there are, it means you are all sinning. No wonder you are all looking like you are looking. For me, there are desires I have and I've said, I command to happen in Jesus' name and it has not happened. Like I said last year, by end of December, we moved to the building and it didn't come to pass. You think it was because I was sinning? No! 
my faith was even big sir you it just didn't come to pass i'm not discouraged we're still moving this january uh -uh, uh, you don't believe you don't believe wow yes it is wrong to point accusing fingers at people who believe god and says because they are sinning because there are some things not happening in our life we can't explain then i close with this who who can explain your life to you who can ah the man of god the, the prophet prophet is the one that tells us what god is saying he's the intermediary between us and god and i know many of you believe in prophets many of you have prophets you have personal prophets i know so I've, I've explained this i'll do it again under the old testament god reveals to prophets and when certain religions of moses became envious god said to them if there was a prophet amongst you i would have spoken to him face to face like i spoke to moses don't be envious I only speak to prophets under the old testament god was in heaven christ was in heaven the holy spirit had a once in a while touch and good experience with the israelites through prophets so it was legal and binding for god to use prophets in fact you can't hear unless you're a prophet and the moment you begin to hear you have become a prophet automatically you can't hear unless you're a prophet and if you are not a prophet and you hear god under the old testament you have become a prophet automatically it changed slightly with christ coming on us when christ came god was in heaven above god the father christ came with the power of the holy spirit he was the intermediary between god and men then in the new testament today god the father is in heaven with christ he sent the holy spirit to come and put within us eternal life that immediately relocates us into heaven where we are on earth we are members of heaven our lives are hid with Christ in God so as it is we dwell in God the Father we dwell in God the Son and on us we are in the Holy Spirit of God there's no intermediary anymore yet yet you say I believe in a prophet speaking to me and I'm saying you're not getting it look you don't have to boast about it it's not you, you don't understand what it means if you do you won't ever say I believe in prophets you don't you don't understand so don't don't even argue you don't understand you are in god the father and god the son in heaven on earth in christ yet you are all over town looking for a prophet come and tell me what god is telling me you don't understand it at all that's why you think uh not bad i thank god for prophet you don't you don't get it 
if you did you won't even see anything anymore you just keep your mouth shut because you dwell in god permanent position god can't talk to you god doesn't even like you god hates you so he decides to look for an outsider and joluba joluba from the cns church come help me talk to my son inside me and you think it makes sense the reason why it's wrong to look for prophets to hear god about your life is because you yourself you are in god so it makes no sense what are you looking for what are you looking for we are saying you are in you are in god if god wants to speak to you he would directly no barrier god does not speak to you because you are good he does because of covenant of christ if you despise this you are despising christ who died i know you are sinful and that's why you cannot even expect god to speak to you i know i understand you are too impure you are too unholy to think of i get your point but we are not saying God speaks because of your holiness. You are holy. We are saying God speaks because of Christ's holiness. If you despise this, you are despising Christ's holiness. Are you getting it? I understand what you are saying. That ah, how can God talk to me? Yes, I know you are too impure. However, God talks to you in Himself because of Christ's purity and holiness. If you despise this, you are not just showing how holy you are. You are even despising God Himself. I continue on Wednesday. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. I continue on Wednesday. Stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The grace that you have given me, I can never repay you, but from above, I like to say that I thank you. Deliver, Jesus dwells in you. Stop playing church and ignorance. If you are born again, Jesus dwells in you. You don't meet him once in a while. If you are of his spirit, he dwells in you. This is what the Bible says. Please believe it. Please stop calling God a liar. If the Bible says so, it is true. Stop calling God a liar. If God says it, it is true. God dwells in me. Hallelujah! You are not ordinary. God dwells in you by His Holy Spirit. He dwells in something. He dwells in Saul. He dwelt upon something for a while. He dwelt upon Saul for a while. He dwells in you forever. Forever. 
Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you because you dwell in us. You dwell in us. Jesus is here. He dwells in us. Jesus dwells in us. Jesus dwells in us. Jesus dwells in us. Jesus dwells in us. Hallelujah. Jesus dwells in us. 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 Thanks for function well. Every abnormal part be healed in the name of Jesus. Healing power. Thank you Father. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Take your seats.